joined on the line now by Narina Fisser, strategist at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to those listeners who have not yet left on holiday. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are a few around uh, keeping us company here this morning. Good now, stuff. Narina, the JSE ended the week on a very negative note last week, erasing all of the gains for this year. Will we be able to recover from this, or are we heading for the first negative year since 2008? Sure, Sakina, that's a good question. I, uh, you know, it, it really can still go go either way. Yes, Friday was particularly bad on the market, um, down 2.3% for the all share index, taking us below that critical 50,000 level, which is uh, pretty much where we started the year. Um, and, and the reason why I say this can really still go anyway, as you said this morning, you know, um, Asian markets mostly up this morning. The U.S. had a strong market on Friday, so we'll see how we re- respond to it this time round. But I do think that there's a lot of economic data that is out, especially this week and will be before the end of, of the year also, and that could still sort of push us in, in any direction. So this week we're expecting um, GDP growth numbers from Japan, from Russia, and so on. There's a lot of Chinese data coming out. You know, we had that very strong jobs report out on, on Friday in the U.S., um, mostly sort of saying that that economy appears to now be ready uh, to withstand the effects of a, of a first interest rate increase. So lots of economic data, I think, that will give us direction over the over the last couple of trading days for 2015. Um, traditionally, December is often a, a reasonably strong month. So I guess we do have a bit of, of history on our side that says we will we will hopefully be able to, um, to end the year on a positive note. But if we don't, you know, sometimes... Uh, is not a bad thing. It provides a slightly lower base um, and, and maybe a better level from which to grow into into the next year. And then, Narina, clearly the expectation of increasing rates in the U.S. continues to weigh on emerging markets, and that includes South Africa. But what about the credit ratings downgrades that were handed on Friday? Yeah, I think that was certainly one of the main reasons why we had such a such a negative day on Friday. Um, you know, it, it was widely expected, I think, certainly that Fitch would downgrade us. Just to remind listeners, um, both uh, S&P and Moody's already had us on the lowest uh, possible investment grade, which is triple B minus, um, but Fitch um, still had us on triple B, and uh, it was expected that they would downgrade us to the same level as, as S&P and Moody's. Um, what I think was not necessarily expected was S&P revising its outlook for us from stable to negative and that really means that there's now um, you know there's, there's no other sort of move um, uh, between us and, and junk bond so-called junk bond status on, on S&P's radar this does not mean that this is going to happen um, immediately uh, typically these sort of reviews take place every couple of months and, and maybe at best we've got another 12 or 18 months um, of, of investment grade status but I think there's a growing awareness that um, that we are heading for non-investment grade status, um, and, and yes, the impact of that on the economy is going to be quite pronounced, mostly in terms of the cost of our debt, how much it costs. South Africa as a country in interest every year, it's interest bold to really repay that international debt. It, it's not the end of the world. I mean, over the last year, we saw both Russia and Brazil lose their investment grade status, and, and certainly they're continuing along um, quite merrily, but uh, it certainly is going to affect the ability of uh, the fiscus and, and of Treasury in South Africa to, to spend money on other initiatives that could possibly improve economic growth. You know, interest payments with 
whether it's this uh, at, at sort of a personal household level or whether it's at a country level, anything that you pay on interest really ends up being very unproductive spending. Um, it's, it's money that you're almost paying for things that you already spent in the past, and that makes it a, 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 a poor sort of uh, area in which to spend some of your of your money. Um, so let's hope that, that we can still pull a rabbit or two out of the hat and avoid that, uh, that downgrade. But I think even Treasury at this stage has acknowledged that this is pretty much a done fact and this will be happening to South Africa over, over the course of the next year or 18 months. But there's been a lot of focus on uh, China-Africa relations in recent weeks. Uh, last week, the IMF also, also announced um, you know, that China will be included in a basket of reserve currencies uh, later in 2016. What does all of this mean? Will that go some ways into helping us out of this quagmire? So I, I certainly think that um, the emerging markets as a basket or, or a group is, is closer to a turning point and um, the, the China has certainly been a leading force in a lot of the decline that we've seen over the last year or two. So the inclusion of the Chinese currency in the IMF's basket of reserve currencies certainly, I think, is, a, is, is an, almost a, an approval at, um, that they're getting in terms of their currency becoming a lot more mainstream than it has been in the past. The actual change will only be done in October next year, but there's obviously going to be a lot more interest and focus on China and the Chinese renminbi leading up to that. Interesting that it will be included at a level higher than both the British pound and the Japanese yen. So maybe just to take a step back and, and just explain, the so-called SDRs, the Special Drawing Rights, is not a currency on its own. This is just a um, um, what the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, uses to really denominate the reserves of countries at the IMF as being sort of the final biggest central bank of last resort. So this is really a way to, to um, provide a trade-weighted basket of, of currency measurements, and it currently consists of the U.S. dollar, the euro, the pound, and the Japanese yen. And then after the Chinese renminbi will be included in it, you will find that it will come in at a, at a higher weight than both the pound and the yen, which certainly points to the status of China, the Chinese economy, as well, it's its currency in global markets. Um, obviously, a lot of the of the weakness that we've seen in emerging markets so far this year has been premised on the fact that not only is China's growth slowing down, but the makeup of its growth has slowed so much, uh, has, has slowed down so much, and it certainly doesn't need to, to um, as many resources as it used to before. So the key for emerging markets, and with that, South Africa will always will also be to change its own growth pro, um, profile away. from from being so commodity dependent and that's why I think the Africa-China summit that we saw late last week here and and other initiatives between South Africa and China is incredibly important to ensure that we as an economy also change to keep up with the the changing look of the Chinese economy. Well, that's where we're going to leave it. Thank you so much, Uh, Narina Fisser, a strategist at ETFSA.